I'm excited to be here this morning. Woo! I'm pumped. Like Jeremiah said, the word of God is like fire shut up in my bones. I need some relief. I got to get it to you guys. I'm excited this morning. Um, so I'm going to be speaking this morning on the law of faith. The law of faith. Do we have the slide? Is it good? All right. I think I lost the clip. All right, I'll just put it here. The devil is a liar. <laughs> if I tell you a lot of stuff that has happened since pastor told me that I, he wants me to speak, he's fighting this, and I'm fighting back. Because the mighty one lives inside of me. The greater one lives inside of me. And I'm so excited about what God is going to do in your heart this morning. So what I want you to do for me is um, two things. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So keep your eyes on Jesus this morning. And with everything that you do, don't allow any form of distraction. Your smartphone, uh, your children, your wife, your husband, don't let anybody distract you this morning. Because I believe God has something to say to you this morning. I'm excited. Woo! So, if you go to the next uh, slide, please. I just want to lay some foundation. Skills can be learned at any age. If you click on the next one. So, you see this lady. She obviously is not a kid. But she's learning to ride a bike. You can see the emotion on her face. And look at that guy behind kind of watching him like watching her like she's gonna fall she's gonna fall and then but eventually she learned it for me I learned how to ride a bike I was already in the US I was already a grown adult I never learned how to ride a bike as a kid but I learned it I can ride with the best of them today so if you go to the next one typically this is what happens the dad or the mom they are teaching you a skill I'm focusing on the skill of riding a bike in this segment. And you can see that boy, he's about to fall. You know, but eventually, you know, he's going to fall a couple of times. Eventually, he's going to learn it. So what I'm teaching this morning, what the Lord has put in my heart this morning, is the same thing. I don't want us to come at this like a scribe. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. The scribe always overthink. They always overreason. They always look back at history and say, well, it never happened like that in the past. So why would it happen like that, like that today? I want you to park that and put it aside. Amen? So skills can be learned. And I believe the Lord is here this morning. And there's going to be miracle in the house this morning. Amen? If you go to the next slide. So learning a new skill can feel awkward at first. You can see the girl, she fell down. She's like, Mom, Dad, this is too hard. I can't figure this out. Move on to the next one. You may feel uncertain to the next one. You may, you may feel like you can never learn it. What is, what is this guy talking about? 
But if you go to the next slide, you will. Amen? You will. And you get that feeling of winning. Amen? And I'll tell you why. To the next slide. Because we have the greatest teacher. The person of the mighty Holy Spirit is in me as in, in, is in you. Amen? So as the word of God is going forth this morning, I want us to open our heart and be ready to receive what the Lord has for us. If you move on to the next slide. So at any point in time, as a child of God, you, you, you're familiar with this. Your tank may be empty or full. I'm talking about the tank of faith, quote unquote. So today, by the time you leave, your tank will be falling over. Amen. They have to call the fire marshal. It's like, what's going on here? I know that and I believe that with everything that is in me. Amen. Because the Bible says the entrance of the word gives light. Amen. If you allow the word to penetrate you this morning, there's going to be a revolution. Amen. Get excited. Get ignited, folks. Hallelujah. So now if you move on to the next one. So what is faith? The law of faith. I said I'm going to talk about the law of faith. Well, I'm going to talk about what is faith, how do I get faith, how does it come, and how faith works, how to make it work, the mechanics of it. And why do we need to talk about faith all the time, Bishop? So one, I told you there have been a lot of fight from the devil about this message. This, uh, I put together a two-page document that was going to be given to everybody. For some reason, there was lost in communication and the technology. It never went through. The devil is alive. <laughs> Amen? You know what I'm going to do? After the message is over, I'm going to get it to pastor and I'm going to get it in your hands. Amen? Because I believe God is breaking something in our midst and the devil is just mad about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So how does faith come? Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm going to throw the word at you this morning. The Bible says the entrance of his word produces light. The Bible says he sent his word and his word healed them and delivered them. So I want you to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to deliver. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. How does it come? Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In the Jewish custom, when they use a word, they repeat a word multiple times. They are, they are giving emphasis. You see Jesus say, verily, verily, I say unto you. He's emphasizing something. So when the Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith doesn't come by having heard. I heard that before. Okay? It's present continuous. It's a lifestyle. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. You keep hearing it. You keep hearing it. Oh, I'm, I'm building up right now. Now, Romans 10, 9 and 10. The Bible says, if you confess in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, how do you get born again? You hear the message of the gospel. You believe it in your heart. And you say it out of your mouth. Why do you think they always say, you say the, uh, the, the sinner's prayer? Because you have to say it out of your mouth. Amen? 
I want you to stay with me this morning. It has to come out of your mouth. If you receive the word of God in your heart and you believe it, and it doesn't come out of your mouth, it doesn't benefit you. Because Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, confession is made unto salvation. You have to say it out of your mouth. Come on, tell your neighbor, you have to say it out of your mouth. Say, I believe I received my miracle this morning. Come on, say it like you believe it. I believe I received my miracle. You just release faith. I'm building up. Fasten your seatbelt. Glory to God. Now, where do we find the phrase, the law of faith? Romans chapter 3, verse 27. The Bible says, where then is boasting? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but of the law of faith. Now, I grew up, um, I did science in, in school and in college. I'm an engineer by trade. I have a master's in business. Uh, there are some things I learned in the course of that. The laws of thermodynamics, the laws of, uh, the first law of thermodynamics, for example, says that it's, it's also called the law of conservation. It states that energy can, can neither be created or destroyed, but it's only transferred from one form to another. It's a law. Like it or lump it, it's a law. Amen. Whether you are black, white, green, tall, rich, poor, it's a law. Another one that you might be familiar with is called the law of gravity. Let me demonstrate. Gravity just worked on me. So whether you are Baptist, Presbyterian, green, blue, yellow, gravity works. Because it's a natural law that the Father put in place. I submit to you, church, there is the law of faith. That when you and I understand it, and we understand the mechanics of how it works, you can put it to work on purpose. And that's what the Lord has told me to declare to the church this morning. To put faith to work on purpose. You know, we've been putting faith to work on purpose against us. And I will show you. Amen. So follow along with me. Now, So why do we talk about faith? I'm going to run through this real quick so that I can get to the meat of what I really want to talk about. Everything you do in the kingdom happens by faith. Number one, you cannot be born again without faith. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It's by faith you have been saved through grace. Salvation happens through faith. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot please God without faith. Hebrews 11:6. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So whether you, it doesn't matter your opinion about it. God already said you cannot please him without faith. So we need to learn it. Number three, you cannot be healed without faith. Mark 5, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. The woman with Yeshua, but she's my hero, followed by, I mean, Jesus and then her. You cannot be healed without faith. Mark 5.34. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith, your faith. Come on, somebody say your faith. Your faith faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So you cannot be healed without faith. We walk this journey, 
this Christian life by faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.7, rather, for we walk by faith, not by sight. It's not talking about this, walking. It's, it's talking about our conduct in the kingdom. Everything that we do in the kingdom happens by faith. Glory to God. You cannot be here without faith. Another one, you must offer your gifts, your offerings, and sacrifice to God through faith. So whether you are in the computer room over there, whether I'm here, up here, preaching, I'm preaching here by faith. Glory to God. Whatever you do for God, whether you go to Africa, go to Asia, uh, serve, serve in, the, in the soup kitchen, uh, serve wherever God sends you, you have to do it by faith. And I'll give you the scripture. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Even though he, obt- and he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, even though he's dead, he's still speaking. Even though he was dead, his blood was speaking. It was by faith. You must obey God through faith. The Bible says in Romans 1.5, through him, we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that come from faith for his name's sake. You obey God by faith. Need I go on? Need I go on? I'll go on. The Bible says, the just. I want to shake my hand with the just. The just. The just. The just. Those who have been justified... You are the just. You are the just. Shall I live by faith? Come on now. You are the just. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in it. In other words, if anyone draws back from living by faith, my soul has no pleasure in it. Hebrews 11 says, without faith is impossible. Not difficult. If it was difficult, I would try harder, right? If it was difficult, maybe I would get some people to help me. He said it's impossible to please God. So we need to get on the program. Glory to God. It's impossible to please God. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. You find that? Um, glory to God. If anyone draws back, that's Hebrews 10.38. You can also find it in Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Habakkuk 2.4. Praise the Lord. You have been justified by faith. Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified, justified rather, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also obtain good testimony by faith. The Bible says the elders, Hebrews 11.2, obtain a good testimony. And we are in their company. You want to obtain a good testimony in the, in the face of the Father? You operate by faith. Glory to God. We have access into God's grace by faith. Romans 5, 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory. You are filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. You must die in faith. Hebrews eleven thirteen. The Bible says these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. We get into the family by faith. You get born again by faith. We die by faith. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Glory to God. So I'm preaching to the choir, right? You already know this. 
But I just wanted to kind of lay the foundation in case we have some people that are new in the house and they don't know the modus operandi, you know. We are supposed to operate by faith. So let's just lay that groundwork. Now, finally, the big kahuna. The big kahuna. Even the Father himself operates by faith. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. My brothers, my sister, if I did that, people would say I'm lying. I'm in denial. I'm disillusioned. I'm, you know, filling the blank. But my daddy does that. He calls those things that does not exist as though they did. And my daddy says, if I want to please him, I should act like him. Come on now. So I start calling those things that be not as though they did. Would you tell your neighbor, are you going to act like your daddy? And start calling those things that be not as though they did. Whether it's in your body, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your family. Start calling those things that be not as though they did. Because that's what your daddy does. And we are called children of God. And so if my daddy calls those things that be not as though they did, just act like my daddy. People always say he's acting like his daddy. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the club. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I've given you about 13 points of why we must live by faith. This is not news, but I want to go into the mechanics of how to receive faith, how it's produced, and how to release it. Do you know that you can have money in your pocket, in your bank, and be going hungry? Because you have to take the money and go to the grocery store and exchange for goods or service and bring the food home cook the food and eat it. The money in your pocket is like faith. How do you transact in the realm of the spirit? I believe God has given me a revelation. The Bible says in Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 4, I'm going to go there real quick. My friends, be getting ready. My friends know who they are. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I declare to you folks, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to those who are blind, to set at liberty those who have been oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and sat down. And all their eyes were fixed on him. And he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And I'm declaring to them, I'm declaring the same thing to you today. I'm anointed. That's not arrogance. That's scripture. Amen. I'm anointed to declare this word to you this morning. I've been called and anointed for such a day like this. I remember the day pastor told me he was in this service. Service was over and he said, Bishop, I want you to get ready for uh, today. While he was talking, the father was talking to him. He said, this is what you are going to preach on. So I've been fired up since that day. I, I was waiting for this day to come. Come on, people. 
I was waiting for this day to come. So now, we are going to get to the meat. Examples of how to, how, faith, how to obtain faith and how to use faith, how to walk your faith. Open your Bible with me to Mark chapter 2. If you don't like the Bible, you've come to the wrong service. Okay? We are going to read the Bible. Mark chapter 2. Woo! I love this. I love this. I love this. The Bible says, and again, he entered Capernaum, or Capernaum, after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, I'm reading from the New King James, who was carried by four men. Verse 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, so that they had, when, so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes, verse 6, who are sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sin but God only? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit what they reasoned, those within themselves. Remember I told you earlier not to be a scribe. Okay? Don't be scribing the word. Okay? I'm, I, let me finish, and then I'll, I'll unleash. But immediately when Jesus perceived in the spirit when, that they were reasoning within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man... Ask power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, Sons, your sins are forgiven you. Then he turned to the man and he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Verse 12, immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Now, I want my faith friends to come. If the camera can follow us, that would be awesome. So, I recruited these guys. We are going to, uh, I'm going to be in the middle. Um, The plan originally was I was going to get a stretcher so I can show you what happened here. But for the sake of, you know, simplicity, because I don't want them to carry me, I weigh a little bit. So picture this. Guys, picture this. So Jesus came into his house. I believe this was Jesus' house in Capernaum. We can argue that after the service, if you don't agree. (laughs) But in a house, let's just say for the sake of the service, in a house. Immediately, according to what we just read, the word got out. Sally told John. John texted and posted it on Snapchat, on social media. In 10 seconds, the whole city knew. And what happened? Everybody fell in. Scribes, Sadducees, everybody. 
from the woodworks. And the house was packed. And outside the house was packed. So here comes this guy, a paralytic. He heard the message. He probably saw it on Facebook. So he told his, he called his friends, like, we got to go. Jesus is in the house. Of course, because it took time for them to get the stretcher together. And so by the time they got to the house, the house was filled. The outside of the house was filled. So if you go to the next slide. So this is Capernaum, modern-day Capernaum, the town of Jesus. Capernaum is a place of miracle. It can also be a place of unbelief. We are going to see that in every crowd, there's always some people that will be a scribe and some people that will be like this group. Move on to the next slide. So the next slide is also just a picture of Capernaum. That's actually how they pronounce it, Capernaum, or however you want to pronounce that. So now if you move on to the next slide. So the difference between the scribe and the five. Uh, because of time, I'm not going to read that, but the scribe, if you go to the next one, click on the next one. So there's a difference between the scribe and the five. This is the five, okay? The scribe, they hear the word of God, and they reason and reason and reason, and they come up with all these traditions and traditions. If you look at the, you follow the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was always in combat against the scribes and the Pharisees. Woe to the scribes and the Pharisees. He's always saying that. And it's because they put up all these traditions into the word of God. This is what the Bible actually means. This is what it actually said. To the point that people cannot receive. And that was why Jesus and the scribe, they don't get along. So, as you reread in the story, there were the scribes in there. So, they came. They came into the service. You know, just like some people, you know, are watching right now and, and in, in every church. They come into the service, but they are scribing the word of God. Only those who receive the word of God raw, like a child. That's what Jesus said. You have to take it like a child. Don't think, don't, don't even think. Do you know that when you're operating by faith, you have to step out of the five senses? The, sense, the five senses that God has given us, the sense of sight, the sense of smell, touch, taste. You have to step away. It's a, it's a sixth sense. Come on now. So by the time these guys got to the house, so picture the house. Let's say this house is packed. There's no entrance at the door. They couldn't get in. So move on to the next one. Next one. Are you the scribe or the five? Move on. This is another expose on the scribe. I'll come back to it if the time allows. Now, this is a picture that I want you to stay at. So this is the five guys. They are at the door of Jesus' house. They couldn't get in. They couldn't get in. But when you have faith, faith motivates you into action. Faith pushes you into action. You do the unthinkable. And we are about to find out. Move on to the next slide. This is probably what happened. Let's say this is the way the, the house of Jesus was built. They have a side staircase. Or let's say there's no side staircase because that's how they built houses in Israel back then. And the top level is like a living space. You know what they did? Yeah, guys, let's go. So they brought him to the house and there was no room. And you look, let's pretend along with me the conversation that took place. So the guys were like, well, Bishop, there's no room. He said, what do you mean there's no room? Get me in front of Jesus. 
there's no room. They, they won't let us get in. Okay, get me over to the roof. What? Get me over to the roof. Now, I'm saying that normally we'll be talking like, get me over to the roof. Because he's a paralytic. Whatever his disease was, the Bible never told us what it was. It just said it was a paralytic. It was so bad that he was strapped to the bed. It wasn't like the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood was sick in Mark chapter 5. She was physically emaciated, but she was not sick enough that she couldn't walk. She walked up to Jesus, went through the crowd, and got to him. Come on now, stay with me. I'm building up. We are about to get to the crescendo. So finally he said, get me up to the roof. Come on, guys, get me up to the roof. So now we got up to the roof. We are now on the roof. Now I want you to pretend we are, this is Jesus' house. Now they did the most unthinkable. This is not their household. This is my African coming up. This is not their household. This is somebody else's house. Jesus' house. You know what they did? I don't know if they brought this along or they sent somebody to go grab a hammer or some implement. Can you help me with this? They had to create a hole according to the record of scriptures. They were making a hole. Now, what's happening inside the house? What's happening inside the house? Jesus was preaching. People sitting down, the scribes, everybody sitting down. You see the rubbles forming down? Do you see it? Do you see the sound? Do you hear the sound rather? Do you see the rubbles coming down as they are making the hole? What do you think, what do you suppose happened to Jesus' message? Jesus probably got out of the way like, what's going on up there? So let's fast forward. They made a hole big enough. If you go to the next slide. And then they let him down right in front of Jesus. Right in front of Jesus. And the scripture said, the, the, how do I say it? The scripture says something that our mind cannot comprehend. The Bible said Jesus saw their faith. So I remember a few years ago I was meditating on this and I said, Lord, what exactly did you see? I want to come inside your eyeballs. And see exactly what you said, what you saw. And the Lord said, go back and read it again. That's always his answer. Go back and read it again. Go back and read it again. I kept reading. I kept, it just dawned on me what Jesus saw. Now, all the things that we've demonstrated so far will happen outside the house. So Jesus probably didn't see that. But as the Son of God, he probably saw it by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So he saw them leaving the house. The conversations that took place. Take me to Jesus. But the doctor said, we shouldn't move you. I don't care. Take me to Jesus. So they strapped him down. The four faith, the four faith friend, they strapped him down. They said, let's go to Jesus. And they're moving gently and gently and gently. Don't worry. Just get me to Jesus. If it gets worse, he will fix it. Just get me to Jesus. Just get me to Jesus. And they go to the house. The, another problem. That's what the devil does. You're about to get your miracle. He throws an obstacle, an obstacle, an obstacle. You keep jumping around it. You keep sidestepping it. Oh, yeah, you're not stopping me. I'm getting to Jesus. You're not stopping me. 
got to the house, the house was blocked. And Jesus was doing his thing, preaching, preaching the word. And he's like, well, they had a choice at that moment. We tried. We brought you to the house. Let's go home. And the man said, no, not today. You're getting me up that roof. Say, okay, what, 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 what are we going to do on the roof? There's nobody on the roof. Jesus is in the house. Don't worry. I got a plan. So they got up the roof. They said, now, won't you guys start making a hole? What? Make a hole. Three by six, I would imagine. Just big enough to lower somebody down. So they lowered him down. While all of that was going on, remember, Jesus was hearing what was happening. He was seeing what was happening. He probably stopped preaching. And then they let the man down. Now I want to show you what happened. Oh, glory to God. And then the conversation between him and the scribe took place. They were reasoning in their head. And Jesus rebuked them. He said, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus turned to this man. I want you guys to see this. Praise the Lord. I've preached this to myself like a hundred times. So this is your time to see it. He's laying down. A paralytic on the stretcher. And Jesus describes, just like you guys are looking at me. They're watching him. And the Bible said, Jesus talked to him. He turned and talked to him. He said, arise, take your bed, and go to your house. Now, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to go back. How is he supposed to arise? Take his bed and go to the house. Because in the first place, the reason he was on the bed was because of his issues. Whatever paralytic meant, the sickness was so severe that he had to be tied to a bed. And Jesus told him to do the almost foolish. Somebody will even say, that's unkind, Lord. You know the guy can do nothing. You know what happened? I want you to watch this. Don't, submit. Don't, don't miss this. Do not miss this. I want you to watch this. Jesus told him, rise, take your bed and go to your house. And the man in his brain and in his spirit, he said, okay, if the master said I should rise, take off my bed and go. That means whatever the problem I had, is going to have to give way. And watch what he did. Right? You've seen people that are sick so sick that he couldn't move. The moment he did that, the moment he did that, the Holy Spirit said, that's my boy. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> faith, you can have a heart full of faith and still be broke. You can have a heart full of faith and still be sick. You can have a heart full of faith and no miracle. The last step, come on. You've got to release it. And two ways in all of the Bible. I don't know. I've been asking the Lord why it's only those two ways. In your words and your action. In your words and your action. Oh, Jesus told him the foolishest thing. That's an English word. The foolishest thing. That you've ever heard in the Bible. He told the paralytic to rise, take his bed, and go home. As I began to study this, 
the Lord began to show me pattern after pattern after pattern of the same thing. Remember that man by the pool of Bethesda? Oh, 38 years. He, he, he complained to Jesus. He said, I have no man. That's my problem. I have no man to push me in the water because by the time I get there, somebody already got there. And no, what was happening was the father in his sovereign ability was tearing people's faith. When the water moves, you know what they do? They jump in. Have you ever seen anybody get healed by jumping in the pool? But because they believed, the moment they jump in, they connect with the supernatural. Faith is released in your words and in your action. I told you at the beginning of the message that we've been consciously or subconsciously uh, hurting ourselves with our faith. I'll give you some examples. Ah, we are broke. We can never afford that. Uh, you know, my parents and my, my, my grandparents, it's in our family. We have this type of blood. That I know I'm going to get. And you say that all your life, you built up a mountain of negative faith against your destiny. Come on. You built up a mountain of unbelief around you. You come to church and lift up holy hands. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the moment you walk out the door, ah, we, we, we are going to go to swap meet again. Uh, we can never afford any nice car, you know. You know, that, you know, that's our lot in life. No. No. God, even God, who calls those things that be not as though they did. I am blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going out, blessed coming in. I am blessed so much, the Philistines, they envy me. Hallelujah. I am so blessed that the Philistines, they envy me. If you don't want it, don't say it out of your mouth. Help me tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, if you don't want it, don't let it come out of your mouth. Because you just released faith. Let me show you this. Whether you're a Christian or not, it's a law. Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when I hear the word of God, let me show you how it works. You hear the word of God. It comes through your hair gate. It drops to your spirit man's ear because my spirit man looks exactly like me. So get used to this. When we get to heaven, this is what I look like. Okay? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on. I am made, crafted by the Father the way I look. So it drops into your spirit man. It, it, it goes into your heart. And the heart, the H-E-R-T, or the spirit man, he does one thing with the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, I mean Hebrews 4, they did not enter in because they did not mix the word of God with faith. So the heart does whatever it does, and it becomes faith. So now you have a heart full of faith concerning that issue, whatever that issue is, whether it's healing, whether it's blessing, whatever that is. But then you're walking around with a heart full of faith. How do you release it? By your words. And by your action. Now, I asked the Lord. I asked the Lord this. I said, you know, it's, we can see some examples of people that are crippled, people that are, you know, that are like this paralytic. Their action was to do physical things. If somebody has a blood disease, for example, or a tumor in their brain, are they going to be shaking their head? No. The Lord said, you release it by faith, by your mouth. How do you do that? 
Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. You take your medicine, your medicine, Isaiah 53. Who has believed that report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Come on. And you begin to declare that over yourself. You, you're releasing faith. You're releasing faith. So this man did the foolish thing. The moment he made the effort, the power of God came along him. And he was healed. You want to be healed? You have to release your faith. Now, you have to get along with the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, what is my corresponding action to align with what I believe in my heart? The biggest thing, like I told you, is the mountain of unbelief we built around our lives for years. You have to go and dig that mountain out. If you don't want it, zip it. I'm serious. You don't want it? Life and death, they are in the power of the tongue. And those who know it shall eat the good thereof. And I'll tell you, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. There are some things the Lord has been rebuking me about. You need to stop saying that. Because you're going to have it. You think I'm lying? Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Let's go to verse 23. You're going to have it. You don't want it, don't say it. Look at verse 23. Let's start from verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, whatever that mountain might be, sickness in your body, hurricane Florence, as a body, we can turn it around. Amen? You got to believe that. Because Jesus walked on water. Guess who else walked on water? Peter. You know what happened? I was meditating on that the last couple of days, and the Lord showed me. God, he said, is that you, Jesus? He said, all right, that's me. He said, come. And on the strength of that, Peter foolishly stepped out of the boat. Action. Stepped out of the boat, and water disobeyed natural law. He began to hold his weight. Water disobeyed the Lord, the Father I gave him, because somebody was walking by faith. And the scripture told us the moment he started scribing, looking around like, wait a minute, I'm on the ocean. What was I thinking? And then beginning to sink. If you don't begin to sink, you sink. What was still holding him was the residue of faith he still had on. If you don't begin to sink, you just go down. Boom. You know, somebody like me, you just, you're down. And then the Lord said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I can give you examples after example. The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible said, she heard about Jesus, the first step. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She believed what she heard. So I picture it like this. You know, I, there's a man, his name is Jesus. There's something freaky about them. Something comes out of his body. And when he touches people, whether you have cancer, whether you have rheumatoid arthritis, whether you have, whatever you have, he drives it out. Really? Yeah. You know, you know, Rob down the street, you know, he, he couldn't work. He touched Jesus and his leg just, boom. He's walking all over the neighborhood. And then they gave, they gave us some more examples. She's like, what? 
And you know, in Leviticus 13, 14, and 15, there's the law of Moses that God gave that if you're a woman with the issue coming out of you, you're quarantined from society. The same thing, they have the same law for somebody that is a, lep a leper. That's why they have leper colonies on the outskirts of the city. You know, Pastor Mike talked about that. Bethany is an example of a leper colony. So if you're a leper and you are coming into town, you know what you do? You come in town, unclean, 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 so that people hearing you will clear a path. Because if I'm a leper and I touch him, now he's unclean for the next three days. If you're a woman with the issue of blood and you do the same thing, you're unclean. So coming into that crowd was illegal for her. Her faith began when she heard. And then the Bible says she kept saying to herself, if I may but touch. She kept saying, you see words? You, she kept saying, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I am going to be healed. All I need to do is get to him. So... She told herself, body, you better get out of this house. So she wore the hijab or whatever they wear, and then she came. And of course, you know around Jesus, there's always a crowd. Always a crowd. Starting from the 12 disciples and then the other layers of disciples and all of that. And then she got there. Of course, there's a crowd. And Jesus was speaking. And before that, Jairus came. And was having a conversation with Jesus. And of course, Jairus is a public official. He came with his entourage. So of course, they clear the path for him to get to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, come to my house. My daughter is grievously tormented. Come and lay your hands on And she will be healed. And Jesus was like, okay, let's do that. And I, we're about to go. Oh, I love this. She had already made her way in. Scoot, 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 scoot. Scoot, scoot. And she got to them and grabbed Jesus from behind. And the moment she did, the scripture said, power. Come on, say power. Power, power left Yeshua and flowed into her. And when power comes in contact with the works of the enemy, what happens? He has to go. He's got to skedaddle. He's got to go. And the scripture said, she felt in her body that the fountain was dried up. Yes. Sirs, you can go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I got caught up. <laughs> she felt in her body that the 12-year affliction dried up. And Jesus turned around and said the, another foolish thing. He said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, uh, <clears throat> check, check. Jesus, you're embarrassing us because everybody touching you. We touching you, she touching you, everybody touching you. He's like, no, 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 this is a different kind of touch. I know what I'm talking about. She knows what she, I'm talking about. And then the Bible said, with fear and trepidation, she was trembling. And the reason was, because I asked the Lord, the reason, and that's why the Lord led me back to Leviticus 13, 14, 15. It was because it was against the law for her to be there. And you know, Jewish people, they love stones. Stephen will be my first example, Exhibit A. And, of course, they started to stone Jesus, too. They love stones. So you mess up, they grab stone, they, they settle their business. It's jungle justice. So she was afraid of that. 
That was why she was afraid, because Jesus was a rabbi. So Jesus could have said, yeah, stone her. She shouldn't have made all of you unclean. All of us in this crowd is now unclean. You know what Jesus said? Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What was her faith? She heard, she believed, and she did. On top of that, she said, she said, I have to demonstrate this so that we can get it. Many times we stumble on this by accident. The Lord showed me that yesterday. Peter stumbled on it by accident. But we have to be intentional. We have to know our faith works so that we can put it to work intentionally. Praise the Lord. Pastor, thank you for the armor. The armor is done with his job. Go to Luke, Luke chapter 5. Hold your places um, in Mark that we were. Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Beginning from verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed. This is Jesus. There's always a crowd. As the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Genesaret and he saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. When they are washing their nets, they are done for the day. They're done. Finito. I'm going to bed. They're washing their nets. Verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little into the land. In other words, push it further into the ship because they are, you know, the crowd is you know, too much against me. So push it out so that I can preach to them. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. Verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. But Simon was like, I'm a professional fisherman, sir. I know you're a rabbi, you preach the word, you do all this miracle, but this is my space, Okay. Master, we have toiled all night. Many of us, we have waited and believed God all night. And we have caught nothing. Nevertheless, this is where Peter switched. He said, nevertheless, at your word. Come on. I will let down the net, singular. Up until now, this is just a heart full of faith. He released it because the instruction was, let down your nets for catch. And so heaven was waiting on Peter. What you going to do? Peter, what you going to do? So Peter, because he's the head of the business, told his fellow, you know, his apprentices, okay, guys, let down one net. What? I'm going home. You know, all the conversation that would have happened. He said, no, let down a net. Let's try him out. Look at what happened. The scripture said, but immediately, no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Luke. Luke chapter, 
I mean, verse 7. So they signal to their partners. You know, verse 6. And when they had done this, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. The reason their net was breaking was because the Lord summoned enough fish to fill nets, plural. But he only let down one net. And so because the master told the fishes to get in the net, they got to get in the net. So all of them get in the net and it was too big for the net because it was supposed to be for multiple nets. What I want you to see was until he did what the Lord told him to do, action, there was no fish. The moment he threw down the net, even though it was partial obedience, he got a miracle. Now, coming back to Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, the Bible said the moment that man listened to the foolish instruction that Jesus gave him, get up, take up your bed and go home. Now, when you read it, we read it together, you know what he did? He got up, took his bed and went home. Exactly what Jesus told him. The Lord reminded me of another one. Whew. I can, I'll keep piling on as the Spirit of God is giving it to me. Cana of Galilee. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Came to Jesus and said, Jesus, ah, they are out of wine. And Jesus was like, what's my business with that? It's not my time yet. Then he turned to the attendants. said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. He just, she just walked away. He primed Jesus. He said, okay, I got to do something. And then Jesus told them to do the foolishest thing. That's my word. So don't dictionary me, okay? The foolishest thing. He told them, go and fill the water pots with water. The attendants went and got water and put it in the pot. So they knew that it was water. Okay? Because they were the one that filled the water with water. I mean, the water pots with water. And then they came back to Jesus and said, Jesus, we've done it. I don't know why we are filling pots with water. They said they want wine. You, you're telling us to fill water. He said, don't worry about it. Go and draw the pitcher and take it to the master of the ceremony. What? Well, they remember what Mary said. Whatever he said, do it. I believe that wedding was a family wedding because Jesus was invited. Mary was there. The disciples were there. So, Mama said, whatever he says, we do. Okay, Joe, Joe, we better go, you know, do what they said. So they got the water and took it to the master of the ceremony. And the master of the ceremony is a connoisseur of wine. Okay? The guy tasted, he's like, wait a minute. Normally, when people have weddings, they bring out the good wine when people are still sober. And when they are drunk, they bring out the bad wine because you can't tell left from right at that point. You are gone. But you have flipped it. This is the best wine I've ever tasted. Do you, do you imagine what happened to those guys that were drawing the water? Because they were there. They were ground zero. They drew the water, put it in the pot, took it out of the pot, took it to the master of the ceremony. And then, you know what they did? They went back to the pot like, what? I know what I put in here. It was water. Now it's wine. 
Faith is acting on the word of God. You know Smith Wigglesworth. How many of us know Smith Wigglesworth? One of his favorite saying was, is faith is an act. He always say faith is an act. Faith, because he has a uh, Scandinavian accent. But he meant faith is an act. A-C-T. Act. Action. Do. Faith is an act. You see it all over scripture. All over scripture. Oh my goodness. Time, slow down. In the name of Jesus. I still got more. You guys have more to receive? Glory to God. Follow me to Acts chapter 14. And I'm going to try, attempt to round up here. Acts chapter 14. Glory to Jesus. This was Paul. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed this morning? Remember, you can have a heart full of faith and no miracle. You got to release it. The number one way you release your faith is in your mouth and by your action. Oh, there's so much tied to our mouth and our heart. Our heart and our mouth. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in your heart is coming out of your mouth. So if you are the kind of person that talks garbage when you're not in church, you lift up holy hands in church, and then you talk, it's because you put it in your heart. Pastor preached the other day about, uh, Pastor uh, preached on the condition of the heart. Whatever is in your heart is coming out of your mouth. Whatever is abundant in your heart is coming out of your mouth. So hide the word of God in your heart, and guess what comes out? The word. If, the, if, the, if a mosquito bites you, it's going to be singing, there's power in the blood. Because you are full of the blood. You are full of the Holy Ghost. You are full of the Word of God. So we need to get back to being students of the Word. Praise the Lord. In Acts chapter 14, the Bible says, at, And in Lystra, a certain man, you know, picture the Hollywood they, you know, have the floodlight on this man. Picture that. There was a certain man without strength in his feet who was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. I love the way the Holy Spirit writes. He's the best writer in the world. He wants to, he wants to leave no room for doubt. This man was born like this. He's been a cripple from his mother's womb. And no, by the way, in case you don't put two and two together and get four, he's never walked. That's the introduction. Now, what happens next? This man heard Paul speaking. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So for everyone in this house that desires a miracle, a physical healing in your body, you are ground zero. But something else that the Lord just prompted me to remind, to say... Remember the five guys, when they brought the man to Jesus, as you see in that picture. Guess what? Their journey ended on the roof. When they let him down in front of Jesus, Jesus was not talking to the five. He was talking to him. The reason that you need faith friends, my faith friend could be pastor, could be my brother over there. They encourage my faith. They, they bring me to Jesus. They push me. But once I get in front of Jesus, it's now mano ho mano. Amen? There's corporate faith. Don't misunderstand me. But then there's individual faith. When you study the ministry of Jesus, there's about 19 that I counted. Individual, 
that were mentioned by name. An example would be the Syrophoenician woman, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, Jairus, this, this woman, I mean, this man right here. So when you count those that Jesus encountered one-on-one, because there will be many examples that Jesus, the Bible will say, and he healed them all. A multitude came and he healed them all. So let's focus on those 19. Overwhelming majority of them. I counted about 80% of them. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith. Your faith. And do you know that you have faith? If you are a child of God, born and washed by his blood, there's faith in your heart. What the Lord wants me to show us this morning is how to on, on point, consciously release our faith. By our words and by action. See, in Hollywood, they will say action, and then they go and they start doing, well, get with the program. So look at what happened here. This man heard Paul speaking. Observing, and Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Doesn't that look like what we read in Mark? Jesus saw their faith, seeing that he had faith to be healed. What did Paul see? I had the same question with the Lord. I said, Lord, what exactly did Paul see? The Bible said he's seeing that he had, you know, I'm, I'm preaching at you right now. You are listening to me. I see people scratching their nose, people shifting their leg, people, you know, doing all kinds of things, just like you are seeing me. So Paul focused on this guy, and the scripture said he perceived, observed that he had faith to be healed. What did Paul see? The man was a cripple, right? From birth. And I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything. I'm just trying to describe, demonstrate. People that are born like that, this lower part of their body is very tiny. You've seen it. So picture him. So I'm just going to demonstrate. So the man is probably like this. You know, they have some platform to help them to move around. So he's hearing Paul. What do you suppose Paul was talking about? Anybody? What do you think he was talking about? That Jesus is a miracle worker? That Jesus will save you? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. He had faith to be healed. Is that what your Bible says? He had faith to be healed. There's faith for healing. There's faith for salvation. There's faith for finances. There's faith for your marriage. There's faith for every area of life. He had faith to be healed. And the scripture said, Paul was observing him intently. Zeroed out everybody else. Seeing that he had, what did the man, what was the man doing? This is what I believe the man is doing. And tell me if you agree with this. The man is doing this. Trying to get up. It's like, he said, if I believe, I'm going to get up. I'm trying to get up. Do you all agree? Now, look at what happened next. Observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, Paul said with a loud voice. He'd been preaching all along. He focused on this man and he was watching him. He now said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. The same question I asked us earlier. How is he supposed to? He was born like that. That's where faith comes in. The man said, 
I got a word from the man of God himself to stand up straight on my feet. Now, uh, tell me how he's supposed to do that. You know what he did? You know, when people are born like that, the upper body is stronger because the upper body is carrying their entire weight, their entire life. So he probably had some bigger biceps than I do and all of that stuff. So guess what he did? Watch this. Watch this, watch this. I'm going to the jakes now. Praise the Lord. Some people got it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the moment Paul said, stand up straight on your feet, he d- the Bible said he leaped. When he did, between the time he left the ground and up, the power of God connected. The supernatural connected. And the leg that was like string jelly received strength. Wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be nice to be there to watch that leg grow out? The leg grew out because the Bible said he lived and walked. And the man had never walked before. So you see, he released his faith through action. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Mark chapter 9. Go back to Mark. Mark chapter 9. Praise the Lord. We are going to activate, we are going to practice what we just heard, what we just learned. Faith is action. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Verse 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, All things are possible to who? All things are possible to who? To who? So that means you, right? (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. We we know the verse that says all things are possible with God. All things are possible. Hallelujah. All things. Praise the Lord. All things are possible to God. But he just said here that all things are possible to you. Oh, did you, did you read it? Did I make that up? Mark 9, 23. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to you. We, I mean, we, we don't argue with the fact that all things are possible to God. God is in a class by himself. But he's saying that if you and I can believe you can write your own ticket with God. One of my unofficial mentors in the faith, can I hear again? He preached a message many years ago. You can write your own ticket with God. Basically saying the same thing. You can write your own ticket with God. All things. Come on, say all things. When you say the word all things, is there anything excluded? Because in our brain, in some of y'all's brain, you are thinking, eh, all things except that. All things except cancer. All things except this in my mind. No, 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 no. All things. Oh, glory to God. All things. I told you that I was anointed to preach. You've seen the anointing in manifestation. So how is somebody that has a blood disease, a bone disease, or a, um, some type of 
diagnosis from the doctor. How are they supposed to release their faith? You put the word in you. This is the time to go back to school. Get your Bible. And get along with the Holy Spirit. And he has a plan for every situation of life. I'll give you some good examples of that and I'll wrap up. If you notice the ministry of Jesus, I think that's a great place to start, to follow Jesus. Wouldn't you agree? Just follow the ministry of Jesus. You will learn a lot. People will come to him blind. Let's just focus on blindness right now. One time, Jesus put, made clay, you know, spit on the, on the clay and put it on the man's eye and told him to go and wash. Why did he tell him to go and wash? Because he had to work out his faith. Because he could have said, forget this, I'm going home. This man just made my face stinkier with his saliva and some stinky mud from who knows where. And he's telling me to go and wash. That's just some hokey pokey. I'm going home. You know what he did? Because he's blind, he probably has a way to get around. He said, um, brother, can you point me to the pool of Siloam? Take me there. Come on. Take me. The every step is towards his miracle. He got to, are you sure this is Siloam? Make sure you check the signs. Because what he told me was to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. He said, this is Siloam. I know it is Siloam. I, I live down the street. Okay. Got the water. Boom. The optic nerve disobeyed natural law. The eyeballs disobeyed natural law. I don't know why he was blind. Maybe the optic nerve was disconnected. Maybe the cornea was bad. Whatever was bad in there, that action of walking to the pool and washing off the saliva mud on his face makes no sense. That's why I told you, if you are going to operate by faith, you have to step outside of your five senses. Because your brain will be telling you, that don't make no sense. You play with mud before. We play with mud when we were little. All of you did. And then you put it on your eyes. Has he ever opened anybody's eyes? No. It doesn't work like that. But when you do it by faith, you get your eyeballs open. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. With every example that the Lord has allowed me to share with us this morning, I have more. This is part one. So, Pastor, please let me come back. I'm serious. I have a ton more. Your head, your brain only believes what the five senses are telling it. If it's blue, if I'm looking at it, if I can smell it, if I can touch it, then it's there. But there are more that is here right now. But for those who are with us, are more than those who are against us. First of all, I know the Father is here because he said, we are two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there in their midst. He's here. The Holy Spirit is here. The greater one is in you. This room is filled. Come on. This room is filled. Every one of us, we have our angels, the host of heaven. Corey, there are some things I can't share. The Father is here. What I'm trying to show to you is beyond what your five senses tells you, there's another reality. The kingdom of God is within you and is around you. 
and you connect to that realm by faith. By the spoken word of God. Oh, I'm going to tell you this. Glory to God. The Bible says in John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We know what that means, that Jesus, the word, became flesh. Do you know what the, the Father showed me in the past couple of weeks as I was meditating on that? The word became splain in your body. The word became blood in your body. So whatever you need, say the doctor say, you know, your spleen is not working or your heart is not working. Come on, my brother. <laughs> the word became flesh. The word became flesh. So I confess that. Father, thank you, Lord, because your word became flesh in my body. From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I'm made whole. I'm made whole from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Every cell, every organ, every tissue. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. Isaiah 53, who has believed our report to whom has the harm of the Lord been revealed? Come on. Faith is a fight. The scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. You're fighting with your five senses. Because your senses are telling you, no, that ain't right. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. But now you step out and say, no, 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 no. This is how we do it in the kingdom. We align with what the word of God has said. If you are going to see anything about you, you know, many times people say, say bad things about themselves more than they say about other people. You look in the mirror, you are so ugly. You are so this, you are so that, and they, no, 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 come on. Look in the mirror and see the son of the king. Look in the mirror and see the greater one on the inside of you. God corrected me many years ago. My wife and I, we had a habit. There are families around us that they have relatives and friends and all that. So they have a lot of help, physical help, compared to us. We don't have families around us. So it became a habit over a period of time. We don't have help. We don't have help. We don't have help. And the Lord in, in prayer one day said, do you know that you are slapping my face when you say that? Because the Bible says I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help comes? My help comes from the Lord who made it. I'm, I'm siding away from the word of God when I say that. You know what I say now? I have abundant help. I have physical, human help. I have spiritual help. I am helped by the Lord. Everywhere I go, I have help. I have too much, too much help. So you have to align what comes out of your mouth with the word the word has said concerning you. Glory to God. You have to align what the Bible has said concerning you with what's coming out of your mouth. Because Mark eleven twenty three 23 said you will have what you say. The Bible never said you have what you say if it's good. You have what you say, no matter whether it's good, bad, or ugly. So many of you, you are going to lose a lot of vocabulary. You're going to have to zip it. And I'll tell you, just that's why we started with the, the analogy of riding a bike. It's going to feel funny for a while. Because you want to say something... The old man said, uh, no, we can't say that. Bishop said we can't say that. No, Bishop did not say that. The word said that. The word of God said that. Align your words. Glory to God. My time is done. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you, if you let me go, I'll keep going till 4 o'clock. <laughs> but I want us to really activate our faith this morning. 
Praise the Lord. Yes. Where is the music team? If they can come and help you. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Now that you have, you, have, you have a heart full of faith. You have a heart full of faith. It's now time for you to release your faith. I told you two ways. Action, words. Action and by words. So what is it that you have been trusting God for? What is it, uh, you know, some of you know that my family and I, we are standing in faith for a miracle. I don't talk about it because I talk about it to my father in the secret. Come on. And throughout the day, I take my medicine. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, the word of God is medicine. And it's held to all their flesh. So I take my medicine. Have you taken your medicine? When was the last time you took your medicine? Remember John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among them. The word of God. You take it. And it goes into your body and creates whatever needs to be created. And remove whatever needs to be removed. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. So when you put the word in you, it produces faith. But what we have learned this morning is how to release it. Now, I know many of us, we know that already. So if, it, if you know it already, it's a remedial cause. If you've never known it, it's a new revelation. Glory to God. So I want us to get up this morning. We are going to activate our faith. You already know how to do it. We've already gone through it. We've seen examples after examples after examples. So I want you to open your mouth. Find a corner somewhere so that you don't want people to hear you. That's fine. Find a corner somewhere and begin to activate your faith. Lord, I believe that I receive my healing from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Lord, I believe that my account is restored. Lord, I believe that every case against me is canceled, demolished. Lord, I believe that my house is filled with good things. My house is filled with good things. Lord, I believe my children, they are going to be great in the land. They are going to advance. They are going to move forward. They are going to go. Open your mouth and begin to release your faith. Open your mouth and begin to release your faith. Don't let the enemy rob you of this moment. Open your mouth and begin to release your faith. Begin to activate your faith. And I also want to remind you, when you walk out of this building, the devil is going to come to you and say, that didn't work. He's going to come to you and say, that didn't work. Tell him to shut up. Tell him to shut up and release more faith. Tell him to shut up and release more faith. Glory to God. Do you think the devil talked to the woman with the issue of blood on our walk to Jesus? What are you doing? That's against the law. You can't do that. You can't do that. But she came back home healed, restored. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release over your people this morning. I release over your people this morning. Whatever grace that they need. Whatever grace that they need. Whatever grace that they need. Specifically when it comes to healing in the body. The Bible said he took 39 stripes. So that you might be healed. He bore your sicknesses and carried your pain. Open your mouth, open your mouth wide and declare your faith this morning. 
Open your mouth wide and declare your faith this morning. If anyone wants a point of contact so that we can pray, I want the, the prayer team to come forward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. These men and women, they are anointed by God. The fire of God is on their bones. If you want a point of contact, please come forward right now. Activate your faith. Activate your faith. That's what makes it work.